Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. Plus minus. Hey, driving again. Oh, you kidding me? Tell Marcus that he asked you know that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think he got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. This is the slippage episode of Warriors Plus Minus, uh, except I'm not the one slipping. We're going to say TK is showing massive slippage, especially on defense. And Slater has all the way slipped. He need, he's in desperate need of the all-star break. Matter of fact, I don't even know if he's going to come back after the break. Slater, will you be able to make it after the rest you'll get for all-star break? Are you getting a buyout guy for Tim or something? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, yeah. you know, what, what's Ethan Strauss doing? Let's see. I might just, just work shut out me down. Just shut me down. I'll come back next year. It'll be fine. Shut me down. You know, it's time to turn to a new face to take everybody through here. It's, it's way, way past my time. Yeah, bring Ethan back. It'll, we'll, we'll be able to work that one out. Uh, that, that, no problem. That would no be problem. easy money. You get him, <laughs> we get him for the hometown discount. Uh, we might need more than the mid-level exception for that one. <laughs> nah, it's a hometown team. He he do the hometown discount just to rekindle that old fire. If you're the GM, you got some convincing to do. It's not Daryl Morey and James Harden. It's, it's Daryl Morey and Harden. That's what it is exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is exactly. All right, we got uh, one more game before the All-Star break. Uh, Steve Kerr just goes in on the defense and wasn't just focusing on the last game, he said they've been bad for a while. Seven or eight games, he said. It's a lot of wins in there, too. Uh, Four and three in the seven-game stretch, but he's not wrong. They're 116.1 defensive rating, despite going four and three. And if you look at the wins, Kings, which was not a great win at home. Thunder, which was not a great win in Oklahoma City. The Lakers game, I mean, he said they how poorly they played after that game. And then, obviously, you know, the losses have been below, worst loss of the season in Utah. And then last night was was bad. So, I mean, they have been playing bad. He said that before the game, right? So it was your question, Slater. He's like, yeah, the defensive shell isn't very good. And it's not, it's it's true. Like, they're, and you can understand, obviously, they don't have Draymond Green. They don't have Andre Iguodala. Uh, they don't have a backup center, like all these things that we've known. It was kind of been amazing that they they kept up the defensive numbers that they've been throwing up there. They probably were, you know, we call it regression, whatever we call this. I mean, they, they probably were due for it, but it is looking particularly bad. And then you start you start plotting out who they're going to have to go through. The defense has to be the baseline, and, and it isn't right now. They could obviously alter that, but I think Kerr's right, and I think last night was the perfect distillation of this is how you get beat by. Teams that aren't that great, you just can't defend them. You can't stay in front of them. You can't play the pick and roll. Fixable, yes, but it's an issue. I feel like coming into this season, we thought offense would be the the foundation, and we were surprised by the success of the defense. And maybe, maybe that wasn't as real as it looked. To me, what's surprising is you know 
It's Reggie Jackson. It's Terrence, Terrence Mann. Mann. And the Warriors offense with Steph and Clay can't keep up. To me, that's the stunning part. It's like they don't win shootouts. They don't even get into them, right? Like it's they, if they don't lock down, they don't win. That's just a weird universe, especially if I mean. So let me let me ask you this: Is what we're seeing a slippage, or is this closer to what they actually are defensively? I don't think this is what they are defensively. I think they've proven over a much larger sample, particularly if Draymond Green is in the mix, which, you know, we're still calculating when this season matters, the playoffs with Draymond Green in the mix. They are, you know, the best defense in basketball. And I think I think Kevon Looney has been bad lately, but I think Kevon Looney has proven he, you know, over the course of the first you know, 50 or so games, like he's steady. Wiggins has been kind of maybe in, hit a lull before the break, but like they have the defensive pieces and the defensive foundation and the defensive coaching and schemes to be a really good defense where, you know, that is the story the moment that they've slipped on that end but I agree generally with you if we take a step back the the bigger concern going in the playoffs is like it's not a, an explosive offense and I mean Steph Curry had one of his best games of the season last night and they stunk offensively yeah here's the issue I think big picture is they are playing mostly offensive minded guys just because that's who they got uh, a lot of it, you know, Jordan Poole, Bielitsa, I, I think would be the two are thinking. Porter has kind of been better defensively than than maybe I imagine, but he's still, I think, mostly an offensive player if you had to lean one way or the other. They're playing these guys. They got good defense early, and now these guys aren't producing the offense, and the defense isn't as good. Like, they got to score. Like, these guys, if they're in, they're in the lineup, if they're getting heavier minutes, they got to score. And I know, MT, you don't love when I do this, but Jordan Poole has got to play better like this is it's so important for them to to him be a dangerous option for them and a ball handler though you know the ball handling might i don't know that that might not be his thing and that might by, be why we're hearing about Goran Dragic as a possibility on the buyout market that's Dragic, not a, a good idea guard, in my yeah and not yeah not a big guy but we'll see i, I don't know how it's all going to work out I think Jordan. I mean, not to blame it all on Jordan Poole they, they've had a lot of issues Clay was couldn't shoot the ball last night but like when the things they do, the choices they've made, Jordan Poole is not going to ever, you know, be a decisive player for you defensively, or he'll be decisive in a bad way. He might be offensively. You got to get the offense out of him, and they haven't gotten it from him. You know, they didn't really haven't got it a lot from Wiggins lately. There's other people, but man, that's the person I look at. You made the decision to play this guy a lot. He's got to score if he's going to be out there. He just has to. I don't know if he has to score. He just got to be aggressive. Yeah, like yeah, be dangerous. He does be this dangerous. thing where he's like driving and he doesn't commit to the drive, so he just keeps pulling it back out. And he faints again and he keeps pulling it back out. And it's weird. It feels like when he figured. It feels like when we think he's figured out how to play next to Clay, he turns back into the passive guy. And if that's the case, I say put GP2 in the game, who I think needs to play more anyway. But, yeah, I, I agree that Jordan Poole, he has to be a playmaker. That That's it. They don't have anything. It's Steph, who they, you know, spend more time off the ball than on it, which means he's the main person who, with the ball in his hands, can create offense for somebody else. It just can't be all offense all the time. I mean, look, Jordan Poole's role was marginalized, though. And, like, this is what comes with being, uh, you know, a sporadic, like, sixth man. Like, he's hot and cold. Like, they during the nine-game winning streak, he was good. 
there's going to be some not great games from him too and i think it's it's harder for him to keep consistency when it's 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 weirder minutes and it's you know w- his rotations are being screwed around you kind of got to just expect that from him and then you know you mentioned gary payton we should talk about him i mean he's kind of flown under the radar but gary payton earlier in the, i'm looking right now late december early january one two three four five six seven eight straight games in double figures gary payton has not scored in double figures in the last 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 games. Uh, when's the last time you remember Gary Payton dunk? When's the last time you remember Gary Payton going baseline and doing some of that stuff? Like, And I don't think that's necessarily a, as much a purely, hey, Gary Payton's not providing what he was. That probably speaks to the health of the offense, right? You know, if everything's flowing, he's getting back cuts, transition, all that, but... You know, that was an offensive weapon that was so utilized uh, for a large chunk of the season that has disappeared. That's also a Draymond thing, too, right? Draymond is one of the guys who's going to find him, especially in the dunker spot. Bielitsa was a playmaker. He's not finding him. Uh, Wiggins ain't finding nobody. And Clay ain't finding nobody. Except for Steph's record. He (laughs) finds Steph's record. And then then from then on. I mean, they do have to kind of like, black holes in clay and and Wiggins. Uh, And if Steph doesn't have the ball in his hands, it does bring up a question of who's actually passing the ball. And we've seen a lot of situations where Looney has to make a play (laughs) because they don't. Oh, do we? Do we see that? I'm I'm, I'm unclear. I think think this week, (laughs) Kevon Looney has had a career high for a week of pump fakes. <laughs> he must have on one, you know, one play. Yeah, he, he has. He doesn't have lifts right now. I mean, but like he's on the wing season, though. Like they're running the split yeah. action, and it's like, okay, that's covered. So Looney's like, man, I got this, man. Let me get the triple. Threat. You see him trying to take AD the other day. <laughs> yes. He's and he got there, and he was like, he must have pump faked Anthony Davis six times on one possession. <laughs> <And> still got <laughs> blocked. It still wasn't gonna happen. It still wasn't gonna happen. I'll just say, I mean, hey, I, I respect. Gary Payton's game, absolutely. He, you know, like you say, you got to do one thing. He does do the one thing when he plays. Like he, you can count on defense out of him. And you can throw him on LeBron and see what happens. You can do really interesting things for him. But he is just not a guy who can score in the mix. You know, I'm so saying, like standing outside, wide open, feet set. Okay, you know, he'll take it, make it. You know, thirty two percent, thirty six percent, whatever it's going to be. But that, you know, make a decision and you can be dangerous, you can pass it, you can whatever. Defense has to adjust to you. That's not him. And so they're having those issues with if they play him out there. And I think defense is already testing a little bit to him. They're playing him like a four, which is kind of how he plays offensively. That you're really like taking out. Like it's hard to play him with Looney. It's hard to play him with JTA. It's hard to play him with other guys who don't make those plays. You need guys who can. That's why you see Porter so much. He, he makes shots. He can turn around and make a shot, take one dribble sometimes and pull up. And this offense is bogging down because guys aren't beating guys off the dribble. Clay can hit the shot, but, you know, we saw him last night try to create stuff, the fadeaway, you know, shooting over people. Those are tough shots when you're, you know, haven't missed two years in a row. They're almost impossible shots for Clay at this point. I get why he's taking them because there's nothing else better, but they they just don't have that. Okay, now this guy's going to be option. I get it to him in the middle, and he takes one dribble and goes. And you know who I'm going to bring up is someone who does do that sometimes and why he's playing. And it's Jonathan Kaminga. Didn't do it so much last night, but like they just need, they, they need that creation. And that's why GP2, who, again, does exactly what you know he's going to do defensively, absolutely, 
but they need some other stuff sometimes. And at six foot three, that's like it, it, it kind of marginalizes them offensively just because he's not going to go to the post. He's just not that player. The spaces are restricted when you have him out there. Again, valuable player, should absolutely play minutes. You know he's going to play minutes in the playoffs, but I think one of the reasons we're seeing him pull back a little bit on the minutes is because they just need somebody else who can go get a bucket, who can threaten, challenge, get into a get in a space where the defense is moving away from Steph, and then maybe you pop it back out to Steph. That's largely because they've just become a half court team, and that's as much by choice <laughs> as it is by. Well, they got to they got to stay in and rebound, right? I mean, that's part of it too. I think. I mean, I remember a Warriors team that used to run on makes. I don't think it's coaching choice, though. No, I think it's player Kerr choice. Yeah, yeah you've heard no Kerr in a few press conferences say, like, we're so slow right now. Or, you they know, our pace has gone way down. Yeah. And, and I'd agree with him. He mentions Draymond within that. Like, Draymond is their pace. He's their rebound. Go, come on, come on. You know, especially when he's playing at his, I guess, most engaged. Uh, and that's, you know, as we talk about Draymond and, and his comeback, which, again, remains by far the most important, uh, you know, storyline in the second half of the season. You just not only wonder when you'll see Draymond, but also like, will you see the Draymond in the first couple of months, or or an eased Draymond that maybe can't just rebound and go on like an every possession basis? Because that's the one they need to look like the team that they look like early in the season. I don't know if you see him if he can't be that guy, right? I think they might they might just wait. You won't see him, but when you see him, I saw him yesterday in some in some Crocs and uh, <laughs> walking around. I mean, he's, you know, he's doing a lot of strengthening and, and different exercises. But, you know, as we talk about him versus Wiseman, and, you know, we, we dealt with this with Clay, right? When Clay and Wiseman were the two rehab guys we were watching behind the scenes, it was like, wow, you know, Clay's clearly doing a lot more than Wiseman is. We're now to the point, like, Wiseman's doing a lot more than Draymond is. Well, you know, yesterday, post-shoot around, you, know, you walk in and, 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 you know, Wiseman is, you know, Clearly went through all the shoot around. He's sweating already. He's like, you know, got no no brace or anything on the knee, and he's out there doing. It was I only saw him doing individual work, but to me, he looks as playing ready as I've seen him all season. Whereas Draymond had gone to the Super Bowl the night before and was in like you know some kind of I guess you'd call him like you know just like a, a sweatsuit and, and some Crocs walking around. So the sense to me, he's still a few weeks uh, away from contact and contact does not mean your first contact in an NBA game. He's going to want some scrimmaging, some lead up time. So I think he's, you know, again, this is more of a, a, a an educated guess, but I think he's still at least a month away. So we're talking mid-March probably. Bob Meyer said this morning we're recording this on Tuesday that Wiseman is going to go to five on five, which Slater has confirmed, and that I mean that's a big step. I just think this All Star break, and for in different timelines for each player, is pretty big for the Warriors. Just, just kind of for like see all where of Wiseman's them, it feels at. like right. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like see where Wiseman's at. I mean, they may or may not have to go in the buyout market if they don't have him. We'll, we'll see. Where's Andre? Like, I mean, I don't know with Andre. That one, you know, that one feels like this one could be a mystery, mystery for a while. And Andre kind of does that, right? Remember in the playoffs the other that that year where we just didn't know. When- Andre was it was out after shoot around, shooting around, and like the 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 word that they're given is like he like if he had to play tomorrow he would, but they're like don't play him before the break. But he's you know now the problem is you play him for six minutes like you did in Oklahoma City and it's something else tightens up but he's not dealing with something that is a big ailment right now it's just he's proven this season that you know you overplay him and he's gonna miss you know time that's the problem so you, you get him all this time off and then into the all-star break which is another week see where he's at 
and see where Draymond's at. Like, I mean, I just think this all start. May, maybe they're playing to it too. Like, you can just kind of see maybe the the urgency isn't there as they start looking ahead to the to, to the All Star break. They didn't want to do that, but this is kind of way it's feeling. We'll see what happens against the Nuggets tomorrow. But this is a veteran team that is, you know, this is like a check-in point for a veteran team that isn't going to be like thundering through every single game in, in, in February. It just isn't who they are. And I do think this All-Star break will come out of the All-Star break and they, they might do one of their big checkups when everybody's going to kind of tell us where they're at. They did it, what, a week ago or a week and a half ago. And now, like, I think All-Star break, where is everybody? Are the, Is Wiseman very close to playing? Is Draymond on the path? Is Andre back in, and then we see who they are. But here's the question: Like, let's say Wiseman is back in pretty soon. Is this going to be another adjustment to Wiseman? I mean, are they going to have to go through something like they, you know, they went through with, with Clay coming back? Just give him Bealisa's minutes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're you're giving Bealisa's minutes to everybody, Marcus. How many minutes are there to give for Bealisa? There's like 12 minutes to give. But I think there will be some adjustments because he just does different stuff. Like, he is a different kind of player. Yeah, but he's not going to be featured. You know, Marcus is not necessarily wrong. Like, you maybe you do try him in, like, Bielitsa's rotational pocket for a game or two, but it's you tell him, go in, rebound, just bang rebound, down low. Yeah. Maybe set some pick and rolls with Jordan Poole because originally that kind of was the plan to have him, like, really as a second unit center back in December, January with Jordan Poole maybe. So maybe you try some stuff and see what he can give. But in general, like, they're not – uprooting their style and plan for James Wiseman because at the end of the day if, if Wiseman's struggling within their identity he's not going to be in the rotation so it, you know whereas Clay like Clay's going to be a 35 minute yeah, yeah yeah whereas Wiseman just like Wiseman's got to fit in or he's just going to get be in watching, where you fit basically. in yeah. get in where you fit in or go take a seat uh, I think they're hoping though in some idealized version of it he comes in and this like kind of uh, you know abbreviated role and looks really good. And then you think they start, Joe Lacob wants that? You think Joe then, Lacob wants that? <laughs> I think maybe. I, I maybe, think maybe. I think Clay wants it. I think Steph wants it. Right? They're they're the ones. Andre Andre's been talking about the ones it. pointing to this. Like watch when we get this guy back. So I, I do think. Let's just say this. I don't think they'll be as patient with increasing his minutes as they've been with Kaminga, <laughs> right? I think they'll be like, hey, dude, you ready? Our 10, that 10 going to go to 20 quickly if he looks good. Because the truth is, like, what we've seen is a case that's going to force them to hit, hit the buyout market, right? They're almost being set up to have to do something because the players are telling you, dude, we're tired. And it, it ain't just the normal all-star break for them. It's near the all-star break for a team that's basically had to play up a position for almost half the year. Like Porter's playing five, right? You got guys who are twos playing threes and threes playing fours and point guards guard twos and everybody's playing a bigger player and you're seeing that. So, you know, if Wiseman looks good, it'll save him some money. But the way it's looking, I don't know how they go through the buyout market and not pick up somebody just for the sust- the sustenance of Kavai Looney. Just because you got to keep him on on two feet. Well, I mean, you give him the week off, and then you see. But you're right. I, I mean, how is that going to go? Look through playoff round after playoff round after playoff round. Like you got to, yeah, you got to weigh that in there too. And I think they're hoping Wiseman, you know, takes ten minutes, fourteen minutes, sometimes you know, twenty five minutes. Theoretically, don't know. But we keep getting down to it, though. Then who do the, you're saying they cut Bielitsa? Is that? I mean, they to do me, have that's to cut the somebody. Yeah, but you know he does give them minutes, so then that's a you get a center. That center has to play, like must play. And if that center gets 
injured, then then where are you at? People mentioned Tristan Thompson, Robin Lopez. You know, name your you know aged thirty whatever year old center. Like, there's a reason a lot of them might be available. Like, somewhat washed up. Like Tristan Thompson is not. We all understand the limitations of Bealitsa. But what does Bealitsa bring them that they need? Theoretically, hit the hit the yeah hit the three hit theoretically. Theoretically, he stretches the floor. He's the stretch big. You know, I know he struggled really bad in the Knicks game, and I was talking to somebody about it, and their point was, man, that was supposed to kind of be the game that. He was supposed to bring the Mitchell Robinsons out, bring the shot blockers out so you can get into the interior. Problem is, he's not really doing that. But um, to answer your question, that's why they signed him, right? He was, uh, it, you know, they prioritized offense, spacing, high IQ, passing, all that this summer. And he was a part of that. And, like, to be honest, we hyped him up early, too, right? I mean, remember- <laughs> yeah, he looked good. He looked good for a couple games. If that's what he brings, then Otto Porter can do that. He's not bringing anything that Otto Porter isn't bringing you, that Damian Lee isn't bringing you. But, yeah, I mean, and Otto Porter's a better player, but do you really want him playing 10 minutes at center? He don't have to play center if you got Wiseman. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Or you pick up the the 10th spot, or you you go pick up a Tristan Thompson. This shooting that you lose, which you don't lose anyway, but the idea of shooting, like, Porter can give you that. I wouldn't say you're wrong that at this point of the season, I I can see the calculation that, look, a a more of a bruising physical big that's a true seven-footer is more valuable than Bielitsa's spacing. Bielitsa's spacing that's actually not really been successful lately. But, you know, Tim's made the point a couple times, like, you know, you unset, you not only unsettle a locker room when you when you wave a guy during a successful season, but you start to gain a reputation as a franchise that you're that you're cold, right? That's what Danny Ainge gained that reputation in Boston uh, among players and agents and and just within the NBA community of like he's a cold, calculated like he'll he'll cut your head off at any point. It would be Omri Caspi 2.0. I mean, if to me, if they do decide, and I they are looking at the buyout market, if they decide to do it, the Elite would make sense. But there's, you know, there's a reputational hit to doing stuff like that. That next time you go into free agency, it might just be harder to convince a guy to come if 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 he thinks that's kind of how you operate. If you're trying to get ring chasers and you cut off the ability to chase a ring at the end a couple times. Again, it's not a huge thing. It's not the decisive thing, but I do think you don't want that kind of be your thing. Like, hey, I could sign with them, you know, but I have Miami and I have, you know, Dallas and I have the Sixers asked after me. And they're not I, I, have a, me. I don't see Draymond making this case. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there's. There, but can't you yeah, just there's... can't you look at the counter argument is Otto Porter. Like literally on the team, like you know, Damian Lee, Gary Payton. At what point does it just look like Bielitsa doesn't cut it? Like Aubrey didn't cut it. You could make a case for want, like you know, Bielitsa. Clearly, the coaching staff is still trying to play Bielitsa and value some of the stuff he did. Like Juan with Kaminga's rise has been out of the rotation. I'm not saying yeah, 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 yeah. you should cut Juan, but I'm just saying you there's know, another like, position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's other. Cut options there's uh, to me the fact that Bielitsa still finds his way in the rotation tells you that you know the coach who is very much in on these decisions values what Bielitsa or brings. he's trying to make sure he's like there's no doubt when he's I mean I know what you're saying but I also <laughs> like dude you like, will not be able to walk in here walk out of here and say you didn't get a shot if it comes down I think Bielitsa is the one we agree on I don't think that's who it would be though because again they need depth at that position. If you add another person, you're not adding depth if you release Bielitsa, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
he might be better than Bielitsa, although you don't know that for sure, right? The next the guy, they bring in somebody, it could be terrible. Like it could be just it could be Jordan Bell. Like you know, it just could be unplayable in the playoffs. I don't think it would be a big guy. I think it would be a wing, and they don't you know they hate even thinking about giving up one of those wings, but. I think that's where it would be. Then, then you really start talking about locker room chemistry. You start talking about, well, wait a minute. He, you know, sweated with us, worked with us. He's played these important games, and and I'm not going to put a name in here because people get really mad when I do. But you, I think we know the names, and I think you start really starting messing with things. And then if this guy comes in, even if it's Tristan Thompson or whatever, and he's terrible and he's just sitting on the bench in the playoffs, like these are things you do have to think about. And and how many minutes are you really going to get out of this person where it's going to be important? Things that contribute to a win in a playoff game? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I think we all agree there are degrees of you know improvement that are out there that are very possible. I, I don't know. Like I think they like their 15. I think they like their 15, and we'll see where they are with Wiseman. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I mean, this is, to me, a very important point to make. At the end of the day, Joe Lacob has to give the green light on on, on this move because this is it's money. You know, this is a big tax bill, an extra, we'll, we'll call it, you know, I haven't done the exact math, but, you know, everything in the repeater tax at this point would be times by five, six times, basically. So we're talking about something that he would have to green light. And if we're talking about them signing a big that would, you know, theoretically supplant Wiseman's minutes this season, you're telling Joe Lacob pay a bunch of extra money to bring a guy in above James Wiseman bring a a 32 year old to go take the minutes that I assume knowing Joe Lacob he probably believes James Wiseman should be able to come in and play and he probably wants James Wiseman to play those minutes and I have a tough time you know look again I think he can be convinced by his basketball people like look this is such a big important upgrade that it believes will get them closer to a title maybe but I mean, I don't know. You guys know Joe Lacob. Do you think he could be convinced to pay that bill to bring a guy in above James Wiseman? I think he can be convinced of it. I think it would be a lot. And I really think these next few days or into the All-Star break and seeing where Wiseman is physically might decide it. I really do. Because, listen, they've, they they can play Kaminga. again, And they have played Kaminga there. They have played Porter there. They've got Draymond. like And we, we know, you know, with the coach feels, like they win with Draymond at center. That's how they win. You know, the playoff series. You finish the game with Draymond Center anyway. So 
how much more are they going to, is, is that something that Kerr and Myers want to like put at risk, go to Joe and say, okay, for 6 million, get rid of somebody and it's going to be more, whatever it's going to be. And I don't know if it's going to play more than a cameo minutes in a playoff series and maybe zero minutes in a playoff series. If they think Wiseman is even possible to be a significant, but this you know, only matters if he's not right. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why this this if he's not if he's not then, then that's what I'm talking uh, yeah, about. But then, like, yeah. you got to March first to to make a decision about yeah. it. I just don't know who. I mean, again, is is Tristan Thompson and and we have this idealized version. This is a guy who's like bouncing around teams now. Is he a guy that like Steve Kerr? He wasn't in the, the Kings court? rotation. Yeah. yeah, is he going to play in the th- Damian Jones beat him out easily? I mean, is is he a guy that Kerr's going to play in the third quarters? Mm, Buzz Looney's coming out. Here comes Tristan Thompson to, to match up with Jokic. I I just don't I don't I don't know that. I think that's a that's the question to ask, but that's not that's just because that's Steve Kerr. Does he want to put Bealis in there too? I mean, that that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, that is the question because Steve Kerr decides the minutes. But if the argument is, should you put a guy out there who can be physical and big, or should you go Bealisa? I'm sure somebody in the Warriors basketball office is making the case for get the big physical guy for at least five minutes, 10 minutes, instead of running a guy out there who can't guard anybody. And isn't making shots, you know, and doesn't seem particularly too. I don't, I don't think they'll do, I don't think they'll do it. I, I think, I mean, I wrote about this, like the Warriors are a small ball team. Like, they know they, that's why they might be drawing. That's why it might be drawing. It's really like center, center, <laughs> center, center, center. And, oh, we, this is yeah, what they Warriors do. have signed Goran Dragic and released the center. But it's hard not to watch watch the game and not think this is a gaping, massive hole. Like Hartenstein is out there, like having his way, and you know, obviously, part of it is because they're tired. Yeah, I mean, they've been killed the last couple weeks by Hassan Whiteside. Derek Favors killed him on the glass. Mitchell uh, Robinson. Yeah. Zubach had like 18 and 8 in like 23 minutes last night. And then Hartenside came in and was like high-fiving Antonio Brown after he's like alley-oop dunking last night. <laughs> that one dunk was unbelievable. By the way. That was unbelievable. It was like, cocked back in the air. And boom. By the way, it was quite a Valentine's Day scene in Staples Center last night in, in, in every sense. Okay. Was, you know, Chris Tucker was down there. Hartenstein was hyping the crowd. It was just... it's And it's always such an odd environment for Post-Super Bowl. L.A. post-Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. J- the J.W. Marriott is like, got all these... I saw Michael Irvin the other day. I don't know. It's interesting down here. But, yeah, I don't even remember. Oh, again, I just think their thought process is... And we know how they operate, particularly during winning seasons. They believe they've done the work in the offseason. They've decided who they are as a, you know, in the offseason, which was from a veteran minimum. They, again, prioritized the skill, the shooting, the auto port, or the Bielitsa. From an identity standpoint, they believe they're small ball. JTA, you know, and, and everything him and Draymond did last season, obviously Draymond at center. And they believe they didn't need to add an extra big this summer because of James Wiseman. And I just, it seems like they're just sticking to that. They're, they, they don't want to duct tape over the problem that has shown up over the last few weeks and create a problem that they might think they might have down the line. Yeah, they're pot committed to this to this plan here. Yeah, that, yep. that's... you know, and, and they beat those big guys. I mean, they were beating Zubac on the other side. He was a, a problem for the Clippers. Well, the, the problem is they should be beating yeah. him more. And maybe that's Draymond. Maybe that's just like a more invigorated offense. But yeah, look, coming down to the playoffs, their belief is, let's say they get the Clippers in the first round and they're energized and Draymond's there, they will attack Zubac. Sure, he might get some offensive rebounds, but in general... 
his minutes will be minus minutes for the Clippers. He gets run off the court in playoff games. Like we've seen it. No, he's better now. And I've always liked him. But the entire the Warriors could use him. The Warriors, like. yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, the Warriors, there's no, I'm not saying they can't. At their best, you know, they've run Capella out of series, right? That's their ethos is we run those big guys off the floor because we're just who we are. And they've really bought into it. Now, in the past, they've had centers, right? They have had centers in the past that they don't play or they play randomly. David West, they would play. Uh, Zaza Pachulia in and out. JaVale McGee in and Isn't out. is that the odd thing that Steve, Mr. Collection yeah, of Centers, is like, yeah. ah. I, know. I used to make fun of him for this, and now, like, like you know, Steve, you're gonna get a center at some point here. <laughs> you know, Marquise Chris was, I think, the, the inflection point. Like, they could assign Marquise Chris. There's no question about it. Like, that could have been their third center. No questions asked. He would be playing right now. You know whose job he'd have? They decided. I mean, he'd have Gary Payton's. If they decided yeah, exactly. to add an extra center in the summer, it would have been that 15th spot. And obviously now that is not like Gary Payton isn't considered the 15th player now, but an extra center would have meant no Gary Payton. And they just made the decision that we're going to win another way. Like this just, and they, they, I don't think they even really thought about Chris. I kept writing, this seems like the obvious thing. You can get him. He, you know him. He's a good guy. And they were just not going to do that. Now, that some of that was a bet on Wiseman. Other betters, they win the way they win. Like again, I mentioned that fifteen and five. Marcus mentioned the fifty-five. Slayer, you mentioned fifty-five. Finish. It just totally convinced them that that's the way. That's the way they want to go anyway. It totally like this is the way they have to go. Uh, they think it's the best thing for Steph. They think it's the best thing for Draymond. This is just go 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 with that, and they're committed to it. And I just don't know that go get going to get another center, even if they might, they might do it. I, I just in their heart they're thinking, God, if we're gonna play. You know, whoever Phoenix in in the final is this guy going to play at all and give up somebody who might play? And and it was part of the locker room culture. You know, that was the easy thing about Bogut a couple years ago. They didn't have to worry about oh my god, why are we signed? Like Bogut was like embraced. Like remember, it was was like reunion time there. Like people were running up to you. They there isn't that figure uh, available on this buyout market, in my opinion. They used the second overall pick on a seven footer. Two drafts ago, we all understand, uh, you know, the setbacks that have led to this moment where it, it should be doubted if he can help them at all in the playoffs. And it's an organizational failure to, you know, it, it's bad breaks, but it would be an organizational failure if he can't. And I think as you construct the roster, there's got to be internal belief. There is internal belief, as we've talked about plenty, that 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 he will help because if he can't, Man, did you waste the, you know, that's the valuable asset. That's the second overall pick. That's a guy who's getting nine, I think in his second season, he's getting like nine million, something like that this year. You know, and we're talking about needing to get a veteran minimum, like, you know, bargain bin scrap heap guy. Like, nah, it's always was supposed to be Wiseman. And I understand anyone who would argue, hey, it's not going to be. Well, that's their fault. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you got to, you got to see first, right? You got to see if Wiseman can be it. But you get down to May, March 28th or February 28th, and there's no sign of Wiseman. At some point, you just gotta, you gotta win this season. You gotta figure out this season. And to me, the question isn't whether or not this person will play and against Phoenix in the West Finals or against Memphis. The question is, can Looney be Looney in that series? Can Draymond be Draymond in that series? Can Otto be Otto? because they're not completely exhausted <laughs> because they didn't have a big. And to me, that's that's what you're bidding. That's what you are picking up. Like the insurance policy, they're probably not going to play. Like we all know this 
They're not gonna they play. already made that mistake. Like the mistake was, you know, and, and maybe, you know, you could say it wasn't a mistake. Some people say it was, it wasn't. But to me, like, it's too late. Like, like you said, what you were used the term pot committed earlier. I think they did. I think they Com- committed to this. Committed to who? The Warriors like to make their mis- the Warriors like to make do their work and make their mistakes in the offseason. Oh, no, no. Uh, yeah, but I mean, but, if, yeah, if listen, you know it's a mistake is- and you have the chance to correct it, you can't correct it because you made the mistake previously. Marcus, what would happen if they cut Damian Lee and, and bring in some some big guy in that locker room? It would not be. They would not. I don't be think happy. they would cut Damian Lee. Same. <laughs> JTA, same thing though. I mean, same thing. JTA, like they cut JTA. Now, Bielitsa, maybe another question. We've talked talk about what that would would bring up, but I mean, look again. May, maybe, maybe they will. Maybe they should. But like. You know, I can also see this world where, like, we'll use Tristan Thompson as an example. Tristan Thompson gets bought out by the Pacers. Can we use Robin Lopez instead. <laughs> sure, but you know, and then and then it's like two weeks into that experience, and they, you know, they've well, Tristan Thompson, Robin Lopez, whoever has played eight minutes, you know, given very little, looks unplayable in this like new, you know, typically small ball environment, and just has zero impact on anything. But so what? what's the worst scenario? That or they get to the second round of the playoffs and everybody's gassed. Do you think eight Tristan Thompson minutes over the next couple of weeks is going to like revive Who, I mean, everybody? what if they're not eight? My point is if you if they don't do anything and come well, on. He was struggling to get eight. He was struggling I, to get I, eight I'm in Sacramento. I'm not the big Tristan Thompson so. guy. I'm nah, thinking. I'm <laughs> I'm just stru- saying, you played Tristan Thompson him, 34 yeah, minutes. Alex That's Lin, the guy. Him and Alex Lynn were, were, were scrapping for I'm just uh, saying, like third center duties. If you're watching Looney play, you got to be hoping that a week is what he needs. The break is what he needs. Well, and you're also hoping that Draymond's back. You're hoping he, Draymond's yeah. back, and you're hoping he. Yeah, yeah. That's all I'm saying. None of this works. Yeah, none of it works. None of this works I mean, Draymond. it doesn't matter if Draymond doesn't play. Like, you can hang it up. Like, if Draymond isn't playing, it doesn't matter anyway. If they lose the second seed to Memphis, that isn't the hugest thing in the world. But that's like you're talking about games one, two, five, and seven in Memphis. Yeah, that's not the greatest thing. And they're they're sixteen eleven on the road now. But I think they they look like a really kind of shaky road team, you know. And so much of the dynasty was they're they're going to go be great on the road too. Like that's just who they were. And it's not looking so good, especially when you can't play defense. We'll see. I mean, th- 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 there are some things where they need to win some games. Like they do need to win some games. They're not catching Phoenix. That's done. But to the two is pretty important. Like you want to keep that too, because Memphis is not a team you want to have, you know, have to go in the, and win a game seven. Or if they're you know down, you know they're down the series and they got to go win a game five on on the road. Like these are these are things that they don't want. And I agree with that. I mean, I think we're all agreeing in, in, in to, to some extent on on everything. It's just where they're going to do it. I don't think they're going. I just if if Wiseman gives them any hope at all. And if Draymond is like still due back to be Draymond in late March, mid March, whatever we're talking about, I don't think they're going to do it. And I think they actually are more likely to go Corn Dragic. I just, I just feels right to me for them. It's for who though? Everything you, else you gonna give up Bielitsa for Dragic? I personally don't think that's a good idea because I think that that you know that you're marginalizing Jordan Poole more. And I think you just need what Poole gives. Goran Dragic has played zero games this season. I, nobody has any idea how he looks. He's had health issues his last few seasons. And I just think it's a bad signal to Jordan Poole if you bring him in. It is not a good signal. It is not a good that, that is not a good signal. I would agree. You know, you know me. I'm I, I So you would give up your center, your backup center to bring in another guard? Uh, 
I'm not sure who it would be. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna wimp out on this because anytime I say it, people get really mad. So I think there's dangers in getting rid of any of them. I just think I can feel them leaning much more that direction because that second unit isn't good. And that second unit's basically what is Pool, Wiggins, Porter slash whoever, Bielitsa, and GP two GP two. No, they'll keep they're keeping Clay and Curry together. Like they're not that's it. He does not play when Curry's out. It just isn't. And I can understand that. So that really puts even more load on that second unit. And it doesn't look good. That second unit does not look good. And I think some of it is when Jordan is, you know, either he's not aggressive enough or when he gets aggressive, the ball pops out of his hand. And he just, he has more of those where the ball just pops out of his hands and it's not even the defense. And that screws things up because he needs to be so boring. Like, you have to have the ball in his hands. I can see them thinking, let's get somebody who can create stuff, hit a shot, and then let Jordan come off screens and, and run around. Uh, again, I'm not saying it's the right thing to do. I would not do it if I was them. Knowing how they have thought and and do think, I can see that thought process in their heads. I can. See My it. prediction is is this is the fifteen. Yeah, and I think it will remain. That's the, the safest. I think you're right. I think yeah. you're right. The, and the last thing I would want to say on the center idea, because I don't want to, you know, come off like I, I I think this was a perfectly executed plan that they shouldn't change. I mean, I could to me if if you were going to try to upgrade at center, I think you would. The best plan would have been to use the Wiseman chip if you were all in this year and, and try to trade for a, a higher level center using that slot, salary slot. But now that you have it and now that Wiseman again, you know, he isn't five on five today. You know, you're not. I just I don't see them just uprooting and paying a bunch of money to give a Robin Lopez at this stage of his career. Tristan Thompson, what is basically Wiseman's eight minutes. I just don't see them organizationally doing that when they've already shown they're not trading James Wiseman for what would be, a, you know, if you put him out on the trade market, you get a much more high-impact center, and they chose not to do that. So I think they've shown the priorities. They didn't even sign a center in the two-way, right? Quindary Witherspoon is their, their other two-way. Like, it just tells you, that, I mean, they're determined. doesn't mean they can't change that, but they are just determined to go this way. A lot of it's staked on Wiseman, no question, and it could be a bad bet this season. But there's so much that they have, so many options <laughs> they've had to try to get some other and they just won't do built it. in yep, the blank yep. center, and they go for skill. They go for skill. They just go for skill every time this season, no question. And I think Kaminga uh, helps them you know, with and, that, though. Yeah, Kaminga yeah, helps yeah, them no to question. double down on that because absolutely, even though he seemed resistant. Like you, you're going to start giving away minutes, Bielitsa's minutes, which you do all the time. Hey, I'm said five. I mean, we know Steve don't <laughs> like him at five, but hey, I'd put I'd put him at the five easy. Just that's the small ball that they do, right? I mean, he's a version of Marquise Chris, right? Like in that spot, uh, more athletic, more explosive, and it allows you to get a shooter at four. You know, it just it just opens up some things. It hasn't looked great sometimes, but you see the capability for it to be pretty damn good. I'm with it. I'm with it. Uh, so since we've uh, waxed so poetic about the center position, uh, y'all see that moment last night where Steph tells Steve Kerr, I'm hot. <laughs> He's sitting on a bench and uh, he like made like his first five shots and he comes out for his rotation. And you know, he's clearly disappointed. Like he's kind of like, come on, man. He sits down and Kerr walks over to him and he's caught on camera looking at Steve saying, man, I'm hot. And, you know, and he smiles at the end of it. But it was interesting because when the last time we see Curry shoot like that, where it looked like that, right? Where he wasn't like the net wasn't moving. He did a, he did a look away shot. To me, that was probably the best sign of the Warriors chances of the moving forward is that after he, 
He had a stretch where he was really good, shot like shooting like 47% from three. He had three games where he couldn't make a shot. But he said, I feel better now shooting it. Like these misses now feel way different than the ones from before. And then he goes out and he shoots like that. If Steph gets back to a 40% three-point shooter, which means he has to shoot like 45% for a stretch, isn't that kind of the solution to it all anyway? Like, isn't that what the game is all about with the Warriors? You want me to ask you a more hot-button topic, Marcus? Do you think coming out of the break when, you know, during the All-Star break, we know coaching staffs really sit down and assess the first half, assess potential changes, start to, as Tim was mentioning earlier, think about, you know, injured guys who may or may not come back and, like, you know, where they might fit in. Do you think Steve Kerr, within that, should look at his rotational sheet and go, maybe Steph Curry should play the first 12 minutes of the first and third quarters and the last six or seven of, uh, you know, the uh, second and do fourth. I think they should absolutely but uh you know what's interesting I was listening to and I don't know when this was filmed but uh, you know Steph was on the Dubs Talk podcast with, with Grant Liffman and he was asked this and he was like my rotation is exactly where it should be but he also <laughs> said like with the understanding yeah, that it could, it could go, go back, back yeah to, so like, I the, think so they should but that. I feel like he he will know when it's time to pull that trigger I think they did it. I've not been told this directly. They did it to shorten up those minutes where, you know, he's not sitting the first six of the second and fourth. So you're, you're exposing that second unit to possibly get walloped at any time. Like, that's just a lot, a lot of time. So it's three minutes now, three and a half minutes where they're out there. And then he's coming right back out. You can stop a run. Here comes Steph back in. And I think it's mostly been good for the second unit. Like it just, you just don't get them exposed. You just don't have those. Oh my God, we're Steph. Get them back. Like you just don't feel that. Although the second unit looks so great. So like, I mean, that, that's all part of it. It's can they get that second unit ramped up? If they can't, then it might be just maximize Steph. Like it, they've kind of gone away from the maximization of Steph. He's been okay with it. And now it might be, let's just get him. But the problem with that is you do need to play him with clay. And I think they're going to want to play him with Clay and Draymond. Like you, I, I don't know that they're going to want to break that up. So you're going to go six minutes to start the second and fourth without Draymond, Steph, and Clay. That's when you need Jordan Poole to be incredible, right? You need Andrew Wiggins to feel great in that situation. I don't know. Like this is this is designed to protect against that. If you let it go and you're starting the fourth quarter in Game Three against Memphis with that unit and no step or you could just not sitting. you could split them up like that it's four of them right? uh, i think i think they, they're playing steph with clay they're but i'm saying then, then that, that means draymond and wiggins are in the second unit right like you can't sit all four of your starters <laughs> yeah you might you might have draymond well wiggins is in the in the second unit. you could just see he's in that second unit he's not as good i mean nobody's as good when they're not playing with steph but he isn't that same guy I think that's where Kaminga and Wiseman could really come in. Like, that could be, I've said this all season, it's tired now because Wiseman's not playing. But, like, can you imagine those two guys together in a second unit? Like, that might be some fun to, to watch that. I don't like them on the court together because Kaminga does a lot of what it. Wiseman yep. theoretically yep. should do. And, like, I, you know, do I like them on the court together potentially in 2026? Sure. Do I like them on the court together, you know, in the playoffs as 19 and 20-year-olds this season? I think that's bumper cars between those two. I mean, it, it sounds good in theory, but 
It would be a random situation, but man, what are they getting out of Bleed Bielitsa? Like, what are they getting? Oh, you're with me now on this. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I, I agree. Like, Wiseman for Bielitsa. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That one, I can't. Yeah. Tristan Thompson, that's when I start. Yeah, I'm not so sure, but like, like if you're talking about minutes that are there, it's Bielitsa's minutes. So if you're going to play Wiseman, you're playing him there. Then, then you got to figure out exactly who who, who fits. You, around it just reminds game. me a little bit. Remember when they tried to play Wiseman and Eric Pascal a little bit, and it's just they occupy too much of the same stuff. I mean, they'll both be wanting to be like rim running, you know, off pick and rolls and lob threats, and I don't like I them don't know. together. I think Wiseman would definitely step back and be like, Kuminga, you got this." I'll t- yeah, I <laughs> think again, again, <laughs> pure athleticism. You just kind of want to see it. You just kind of dynamic athletes. I, I don't know. Again, it might not work. But it's not working with Bielitsa. So when you start thinking about how that fits together, there are other options, JTA, basically. And so, yeah, that could work, I guess. We'll see. Who do you match with Steph Moore? Who do you link with Steph Moore, Kaminga or Wiseman? Kaminga, Kaminga. He's because he's, he's doing it now. He's doing it now. And it's, that, it's those high, you know, it's those high pick and rolls. And then you get him the ball in space. And I don't know that Wiseman, you know, Wiseman theoretically could do that, but we don't know that he can do that. I, I, that's probably Kaminga works with everybody just because of his unique talents, and he kind of kind of can screw up everybody because of his unique talents. But he's playing like he is playing twenty minutes a game. He is in the for Steve Kerr to say that he's in the playoff rotation means that he is absolutely in the playoff rotation. Then they work around that, but that second unit is not looking so great. I've I've kind of been noting it for a while. Like it just doesn't look great. They're just something isn't going. They need Jordan Poole to make shots. When Jordan Poole makes shots, his Warriors look great. He's not making shots lately. I think it's GP2. You need more GP2, baby. (laughs) He's playing in the playoffs. He is playing in the playoffs. There's no question about that. I do think that's a big deal. They just don't. It's a lot of walk-in. Even last night, it's just like, all right, even if it's not a break, you just need to get it up the court. <laughs> like instead, you can see Steve on the side saying all the time, "Go." They just they just walk it up a lot. Well, Andre, right? I mean, again, the pa- Andre and Draymond have been their guys who, who get the pace. You know, going. the other guy gets the pace get going. Yeah, go. Steph Curry. Who? Yeah, that's not him now. He's <laughs> gonna have the that's ball. He's now. running down there, standing in the corner, like. But when he when he does, he come down quick hit. They're twenty second in pace the last fifteen games, so that's basically the non Draymond game. So again, some of that is they're not they have to commit so much to the defensive glass to make sure they get it, that, and they're yeah. just not able to turn Absolutely. around and go. But uh, that's where Kaminga so, comes in, though, right? Because I don't think he he's bothered yeah, at all. And, and they were and they were a good defensive rebounding team. Like they were all season, they've been a good defensive rebounding team, and then, then it's just falling apart lately. They also just look tired and i understand that everyone in the league is like you know right at this point pre-all-star break but i think every diff team has different like story arcs of their season like right now although you know the kings lost to the nets but like you know the kings get the sabonis trade they've been like lively lately i'm sorry did the kings I, lose is, does that end your the, this whole thing you've they're been two on? and it's one like, in the sabonis era two and one. On? Like, is that done now? <laughs> but no i mean it's just like to me because just where the Warriors are in this arc of the season, and it is just a really a dull patch. Yeah, I mean w- Wiggins looks tired too. Like, yeah, for sure. MG, Wiggins admitted he was tired to, last night. Yeah, he's going. To, he's going All Star game, but you can still there's game there's days between. Plus, know, they get a few after, days off after and after. Yeah. But he looks tired. He's so important to them because you know Clay's not guarding. So you the saying that what that what normal Wiggins closeouts last night? <laughs> <laughs> no, not, not when you see Reggie Jackson going, I got Wiggins on me, let's go. And, you know, hey, that's all right. And I, I do think, you know, I don't I don't want to bang him here, but Clay, Clay is not guarding anybody 
who's any good. He's not. Like, they're not putting him on anybody who's dangerous. So that shuffles things around a little bit. And so Steph is actually getting more dangerous defense assignments than Clay just because Steph can move his feet. Steph is, you know, like, he's a little quicker. Clay is, whether he's showing it in practice or not, he is not guarding. They're never putting him on tough guys. They're just not. Who was it, it he was on They'd at the end of the game? They'd rather put him on big guys. He was on they, somebody at the end of a game, and it was shocking. Yeah, they had one time where he had, yeah, he had one, like, I went, whoa, and, I, and they don't do it anymore. And he's not staying in front of people. Like, not, like, even on switches, he comes out, the guys go right past him. Understandably, it's two years, uh, and, and it's just impossible to ask him to do what he used to do. But it's clear that he's not. He's not doing that, and they're not asking him to do it. So that that shuffles everything else around because then you are putting Wiggins on the number one guy, absolutely every night. Yeah. And you know he's he's earned he's earned his fatigue. Wiggins, yes, 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 (laughs) and Looney, and Looney, absolutely. Tim has presented me with a perfect tease opportunity. I sat down with Clay in L.A. yesterday, and part of the conversation was about him defensively and really kind of what you're talking about. So I would say I will write that coming out of the All-Star break. So look for that what next week. What a great, great way Clay. to end this episode. Clay, Clay, Clay. Plus That'll minus. get people buzzing. That'll get people That's buzzing. That's what I'm talking about. The sit-down Anthony Slater Sit Clay down Thompson with Clay Thompson in L.A. You talk about Kings? You ask him about the Kings, Slater? Is that what it was? Yeah, like? yeah. We had a, he was just very <laughs> curious about the Sabonis era. That's too funny. <laughs> All right, we will see you guys next week. Are we doing a pod next week? I think we said we're going to do a pod. I think I said we're going to do a pod. We're doing a pod. I mean, there's just the... We do. We, now, we, do we get serious week. next week. Don't worry. Next week, we start getting for real. It's the stretch. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring our A game. We're all going to read the Clay Thompson sit-down interview with Anthony Slater. Clay Thompson sits down with Anthony Slater in Los Angeles at the Super Bowl on The Athletic. Woo. Check it out. It days? has been overhyped now, but uh, <laughs> oh, yes. no, it's all big. It's all big. All right, we're out. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.